Welcome to the Franchise Radio Show from Franchise Simply. It's Brian here. Lovely to talk to you again. This episode is called Sales Tips and Strategies That Work. <laughs> Key element for every business, particularly at the moment, I think. Marketing's a big emphasis. And if you don't get the sale, you don't get the business. So today I've got someone I've known for a while, been recommended to by several people. And uh, to get hold of him to talk about this topic is absolutely perfect because Ian Parker, he's from the Gold Coast. He operates a boutique sort of sales training company, focusing mainly on online and virtual. Um, like all of us, he loves a bit of face-to-face with his clients when he can. Um, and he's built a specialized interactive platform, which is very impressive. And it hosts a variety of his sales programs. And uh, all those together with his live coaching video conferences he runs and daily accountability um, connections and so on make up a pretty effective system that uh, Ian has, has developed. He, he's done this from his knowledge. <laughs> he's been very active in business. He's owned and operated a number of successful and uh, highly profitable and awarded as well businesses. And uh, he now specializes in coaching and consulting to businesses of all shapes and sizes um, with a very much a hands-on sort of down-to-earth approach. He, he offers what he terms real-life strategies um, that suit each business because he, he understands what it's like in the trenches on the cold face, face or whatever you like to describe it. So he, he really is down to earth guy, uses simple processes uh, and his enthusiasm and his resources are very transparent and he just loves helping other people put healthy intentions into action. So welcome to you, Ian. Lovely to have you here today. Yeah, thanks, Brian. And uh, thanks for having me on the show. I'm looking forward to it. It's a pleasure. I know that everyone listening is going to get some valuable tips from you. And I do recommend strongly that they have a notepad and a pen there. If they haven't got one, grab something quickly because there's a few, there's always a few tips that come up. And I think in this case with Ian, there's likely to be more than usual. So Ian, uh, let's get straight to it. Um, What do you think uh, are the core principles around sales training? What should they be? Well, uh, Brian, I believe that uh, these principles are about uh, what our whole training is based on, um, and that is uh, like relationship building is one thing. So our our whole sales training is based on three core principles. Uh, Number one, it's on relationship building. People buy from people they know, like, and trust. People spend more money with people they know, like, and trust. It's about asking one last question. And to ask one last question in the sale process, you've got to have the confidence to do it, okay? So if you've got the confidence, you can do it, but then you need the skills, which is the word track and what do I say and how do I say it and when do I say it? So we, um, we go through that as well. And the last one, which is very, very important, is never give up, okay? So, you know, you've got to keep going. And it's a bit like, um, you know, Muhammad Ali, you get knocked down six times, you've got to get up seven. So that's, the, that's really important. So... If I can really stress to people out there, and it doesn't matter you know, what sort of business they're in because they're all in sales, but you've got to sell yourself in the whole thing because people buy from people. Humans buy from humans. And if you don't have that mentality and you don't build on those relationships uh, with, your, with your clients um, or your customers, uh, you end up in a fair bit of trouble and the sale doesn't happen. And if it does happen, it all focuses on price. Yes, which obviously is a is a is a is a slide downwards. So so it's really what you're talking about is training people 
learning how to really build empathy, how to create a relationship with people before you start trying to go too far, too fast. Yeah, 100%, Brian. And we, we talk about it in our sale process. You spend the time asking questions and, and ask the right questions so you get to know your client. You get to understand what they're after and you get to understand how can I help them. Like 40 years ago, and I don't want to show my age here, but 40 years ago, salespeople were information people because the people in those days didn't have the internet. So they couldn't find all that information out. So they went to a salesperson, whether it be at a furniture store, a car dealership, a real estate agency. It doesn't matter. They went to that person to get that information. Today, when they go to that business, they've already been on Dr. Google. They've got that information. And what what they're then wanting to do is you've got to find out what are their two or three dominant buying motives. And if you can find out what they are by asking the right questions, then you hone that your process, your sales process is honed in onto those two or three dominant buying motives because that's all they're there to see you about. And what you've got to do is be skilled enough to ask the questions to find out what are their two or three dominant buying motives. You know, in the old days, as I said, 40 years ago, if the, if the widget had 101 features, the salesperson would tell the customer about the 101 features of the widget. But today, the customer is only interested in two or three features of those of that widget. And it's up to you to find out what those two or three features are that are going to benefit the customer that brought them into your business. That's what you've got to find out about. Right. So, so you're sort of leading in the segue to what I was going to ask you next. <laughs> so <laughs> where, where do some businesses fall down, I suppose, in the sales training and, and the, ex, the execution of it, you know, the way that sales are delivered? Um, yeah, so interesting. Like, and again, you can, we do online uh, virtual and we do face-to-face and we combine it together. Now, you can have someone come in to your people and do a, a sales training you know, for, for a day, I can go into any business and spend a, a day or half a day with their people, giving them some really good gold nuggets, doing a lot of sales training. And when those sales people walk out of that training, they look like they've drunk 32 cans of Red Bull, like they're high and they're, they're excited and they're ready to go. But the problem is, if it's over a day, the next day when they get back to their office, something happens and all of a sudden all that enthusiasm has gone. Okay. So where, what we work on is the online, where we've got daily and weekly accountability. They're interacting with their coach on a daily basis. Um, and we break the training down to bite-sized pieces. So, you know, we say that if you do 25 minutes a day and take out what you've learned out of that 25 minutes and go and put it into practice. Practice it, practice it, master it, and then practice it some more. And that's what we talk to them about. And that's how our training's based so that, it's bite-sized pieces, so you get better and better every day. And, and I'll give you an example. If you, if you say, I want to build some muscles, I want to go to the gym, you go to the gym for eight hours in one day, you come out and you feel buggered, right? But if you go to the gym for 20 minutes a day, five days a week for three months, you notice a difference. Yeah, makes sense, makes sense. So, so um, I suppose when you, when you look at sales – what you always read and you hear and you see people saying it's all dominated by you know closing ratios. What percentage do you get? You know, you got a twenty percent, a ten percent, a five percent, and then then there are industry norms and so on. And you, I think you see it almost every industry, and particularly 
where you come from, your background a lot is in the automotive area. I mean, and gee, that's that's just purely it, isn't it? What's your closing ratio? You know, yep. uh, Ian, uh, <laughs> give us the numbers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you're 100 right there, Brian. But you know, the sad part about that is, let's say, for example, and let, let's use the automotive industry as an example, right? And I use this example in every business I go into. So I'll say to them, so um, how are sales and you know what, what are your ratios and that? And they'll go. Oh, we're, we're industry average, we're, we're closing three in 10. And I said, okay, so are you happy that you're an industry average closing three in 10? Oh, well, everyone else in the industry is doing it. So, you know, it must be okay. And I said, okay, I want you to think about this. I want you to reverse that around and think about this. Don't think about we're closing three in 10 or we're an industry average. Think about we're losing seven out of every 10. Now, I'm not saying that every business is going to close 10 out of 10 people. I'm not saying that at all. If you can, you're superstars, and that's fantastic. But what you've got to think about is, you know, businesses say, oh, we need to spend more money on marketing because we need to get more people in the door. But you're only closing three in 10. If you could close five in 10 or six in 10, then you wouldn't need to do as much marketing because you've got the people coming in anyway. And then what you've got to think about, those seven people that don't do business at your business. Now, it may be that they, you may not have what they want, the product they want or the style they want or whatever, but you don't know what those seven people are saying out in the marketplace about your business. Are they saying, I wasn't treated right? Um, they didn't, you know, they didn't give me what, what, what I wanted. Um, the price was too high. Um, I haven't heard from them since the day I made the inquiry. So, you know, and that goes into so many other things. We can go into our follow-up, and you know, and all those sorts of things, and it just goes on. But you've really got to look at, don't be focused on that my closing ratio is 3 in 10. That's industry average, and I'm a hero. I want you to think it the other way and go, wow, you know what? We're losing 7 out of 10 people to walk in that door or 7 out of 10 people to pick the phone up or 7 out of 10 people to make that in-end inquiry. We're losing them, and we've got to work out how do we claw some of them back. So you're really, you're really turning the, the issue over and saying, what's our strategy for the ones we've missed? Simple as that. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. okay. So so I, I guess, again, uh, it's always nice when we're having these conversations and they sort of segue into the next one. So <laughs> um, you probably know what I'll ask you now. So what, what do you see as the biggest challenges that businesses face um, regarding sales? And just we've just been talking about strategies. What are some of the strategies on, on how to overcome it there, Ian? Well, Brian, funny you mentioned that. And look, I was um, having a look through your website last week under the, the variety of different clients that you deal with. So uh, let's talk about two, two things that, um, that work with that. So I work with a lot of teams and businesses and their biggest challenge is their number one on their list is price. Now, I know that's not going to work for the for the pizza shop and the coffee shop and the donut shop. I understand that. But I'm going to give them a, a, um, a, a strategy in a minute how they can, you know, do their things right. So, you know, but a lot of listeners out there that are selling the bigger items and, and you know, face-to-face with customers and are dealt with price, um, we, we know that people buy on price, but people only buy on price if you let them. So, you know, what you've got to think about with price is that, um, it, it, let me say this to you, if you, if we gave a quote out for our sales training to a client and, you know, let's say it was X amount of dollars and they come back and said, oh, look, we've had a shop around the market and, you know, we can buy similar training for Y amount of dollars. 
the first thing you know, that um, that salesperson's got to realise is this: that if that customer comes back to you and says, "I can buy cheaper elsewhere," is that they want to buy from you? You've sold yourself. You've done all the right things because if they did, if you hadn't sold yourself, you hadn't built trust and rapport with them, and they didn't want to do business with you, they wouldn't have come back to you and said, "I can buy this cheaper elsewhere." They would have just done business with the person down the road and you would never have known unless you followed them up, okay? So, you know, it's really important that you sell. They've got to, get, they've got to sell themselves um, and you've got to sell on value. So what I mean is that when, so when a customer says, I can buy that, that widget that you're selling for $10 for $9, you know, at the competition, when you confirm that the, that the widget is like for like, Say to your customer, use what we call empathy, permission, question. So we go, hey, Brian, I would fully appreciate that you can buy that widget down the road for $9. Brian, can I just ask you one question? So there's the permission. And Brian goes, yes. So if Brian says, yes, you can ask me a question, it means Brian's going to listen to me. Brian, if price wasn't the issue, where would you rather buy that widget from, us or them? Now, you know Brian's going to say, I want to buy that widget from you. Because if he didn't want to buy it from you, he wouldn't have come back to you. He would have bought down the road. So Brian says, oh, Ian, I'd really like to buy the widget from you. Fantastic. So Brian, can I just, uh, Brian, and I really want to sell you that widget. Can I just ask you one more question? Why would you rather buy the widget from me? And Brian will give you all the reasons of why he wants to buy the widget from you. You know, maybe because you're local, because you spend a lot of time with me, because, you know, I like dealing with you. We've dealt with you in the past. Whatever those reasons are, the, the, the customer is going to tell Brian why he wants to buy that widget from him. And do you think it's a lot more powerful if the customer is selling themselves rather than the salesperson selling the customer? So when Brian tells, you know, the salesperson all those reasons why, Salesperson says, Brian, I really appreciate that. And that's why we sell so many widgets here. Brian, can I just ask you one more question? Yeah, what's that, Ian? What's all that worth to you? So if Brian's just given a heap of reasons why he wants to buy that widget from you, there'll be a dollar value attached to that. Now, I'm not saying that dollar value will be, you know, if you're at $10 and they're at $9, I'm not saying it's going to be that whole dollar. It might be 50 cents whatever it might be. But if you've spent five more minutes with Brian and got Brian up in price closer to where your, your figure is, it's so much easier to close the sale. And that's what we talk about. So we talk about like getting the customer to sell themselves. Yeah, look, I really like that. That's a, you've got a very, um, a very clearly, a clear and understanding way of doing that without it being manipulative. So I, I, I like that very much, Ian. So yeah. I can see why I've heard good things about you and the way you run your business. So uh, um, so I, I guess that, that's excellent stuff. And I've certainly been scribbling down here, and I hope the rest of you have as well. And I know I'm going to enjoy replaying this um, when we've got it, uh, got, it, got it up and running and listen to it again. So perhaps you, you're obviously in a bit of a role here. So what so are some Brian, other... Sorry, could I, just, could I just throw into that before you ask me that question? For the bricks and mortar people um, that that sell the donuts, the coffee, and the pizzas, they don't really discuss price. So what I want them to think about is this: I want them to think about the appearance. 
both the shop appearance and the staff appearance. I wanted to think about the appearance of the front windows of their business. I wanted to think about the, the appearance, if they're, if they're on a street frontage, about the footpath, about the weeds growing up. I want them to think about the staff-facing clients, uh, customers, sorry, the staff-facing people all having name badges on that are clean. I want their uniforms to be clean. So that's what they've got to do. So when people go in and their shop inside's got to be clean, then people go in, they go, this is like walking into Disneyland. The experience here is amazing. Um, and they've got to have team meetings about this to set the tone that this is the performance standards of how we run our pizza shop, our donut shop, our, um, you know, our coffee shop or whatever. And even if it's in a shopping centre, they can still make sure the appearance is right with, with the cake display stand, the windows and, and all being, um, the glass all being clean and things like that. When the waitress or the waiter is walking around dropping food down to the tables, that they walk around right with their eyes down looking about and dropping it on the table and their eyes down walking back, that they walk around with their eyes up and they're looking over all their clients and they, you know, their customers sitting at the, cafe, at the coffee shop and looking in case there's a customer that says, I want another cup of coffee or I want another smoothie or whatever. So really important to be focused on that. So that's just my tip and strategy for, the, um, for those type of businesses. No, excellent. Thank you for the reminder on that one. So, so what are some other essential tips from your point of view? When we look at, you know, not every business, but certainly your coffee shops and, and the like, where you where long-term customers are a key part to the element. You can't afford to get a new customer every time and recycle. So what are the tips for keeping customers on the long on the long term, even for life if you if you're able to do that, you know? Yeah, well, it's really important because what you've got to think about is think about in your business, what does it cost me? to resell to a current client, what does it cost me to sell to a new client? And if you do those numbers and you find out it costs a lot of money to every new client you get in the door. So you've really got to nurture and love your current clients and you've got to keep in touch with them. Now, some businesses, um, you know, like if you talk about the coffee shops and that, they do the coffee cards and the, you get 10 coffees, you get the 11 free and that's all great. Um, but think about, all the little things that you could do, you know, even, um, you know, the, the pizza shop can be every 10 pizzas you buy, you get the 11th pizza for free. You know, we, we're working with a, a shop at the moment um, and they do, they do potatoes and they're called spuds. And we said to them, you know, you want to get that repeat business to new business. People haven't seen it around for a long time. Is, you know, every time they buy 10 spuds, you know, with the fillings and that, they have them do, fill out a card and they get the 11th spud free. You know, it's about repeat business, keep people coming back, making them warm and sticky. I want to keep coming back to your business. So it's really important. Um, and, and the other thing important is, is give them a great experience when they come into your business or if they call you on the phone or whatever, make sure that experience is a Disneyland experience because if you do that, you, you'll, you'll do well with them. So, I'll give you five tips on um, on keeping on getting a great customer experience to keep your customers for life. So number one is build trust and rapport with your clients. Okay, you know, find out about them. Be prepared to walk in their shoes. Find out what they like. Find out you know what they do and and 
you know, how, how great is it when you walk into a coffee shop and they go, oh, good morning, Brian, do you want the usual? You know, that, when they know your name, when you keep going in there, that, that to people is amazing. You go to your favourite restaurant and they go, oh, hi, Ian, um, we've got your, your favourite table sitting over here. You know, they're the little things you can do that make it right. If they go into a business that they might have bought a, a ride on mower, when they come back to get the ride on mower service, oh, good day, Ian, how's the mower going? You know, like just think of those things. Um, and, and you don't want to be, you don't need to be manipulative with your clients. You know, you just build trust and rapport with them, get to know them. You know, it's, it's not a magic spell to do it. It's very easy to do, to build trust and rapport with them and get to know them. Number two is listening. And, you know, I'm a firm believer, have two ears and one mouth. Listen twice as much as you talk. But the other thing is really, really important is listen to understand, not to respond. Because too many salespeople think, I'll ask this question, I know what the answer is going to be, and I'll respond. And I use this example all the time. And my wife really doesn't like me doing this, but it's quite funny. I go to a restaurant, I've had a lovely meal, and we go up to pay for the meal. And the person taking my money says, oh, how was your meal tonight? I go, oh, it was average. Oh, I'm glad you enjoyed it. <laughs> because they were listening because everyone has a great meal there. And, and I do say to them, oh, look, I, I had a great meal. I was only saying that to see whether you were listening to me. Oh, sorry. And then they give you the excuses. Oh, I was busy. I was thinking of something else. Well, don't think of anything else. Think of the customer that's in front of you. They're your most important person. So listen to understand not to respond, okay? And listening is a very important skill and you need to spend time to master the skill of listening because it's really important. Number three is be a consultative salesperson. So what I mean by that is don't be ag aggressive and pushy. Those days are long gone, okay? Customers have changed, but sadly, most salespeople haven't. So if you want to succeed in today's world in sales, you have to maintain a polite, friendly, likable manner, you know, paying attention to finding out what the customer needs, you know, what the needs are by asking the right questions and then offering solutions to those needs. So, you know, give the customer your full attention. Show them that you're interested in their needs. Like, you know, turn your phone off when you're, when you've got a customer, whether it be, you know, face-to-face -face, on Zoom, which is a lot of Zooms happening now, or whatever, turn your phone off. Turn it on silent. Give the customer 100% of your time. It just, you know, it shows you've got a genuine interest in them and that you're their number one priority at this time. Demonstrating a genuine interest is a rare trait that many salespeople don't understand, but it is so valuable, you know. And... The other thing is sales is a people business. Humans buy from humans and humans sell to humans. And you need to develop great people skills and then great sales skills. And if you do all that, then you'll deliver an awesome buying experience with your customer. Yes, it's, uh, it's a stark reminder, isn't it? It's so easy to respond to these things, as you say, by particularly when you, know, you, you get questions or you get feedback rather than, as you say, focusing on understanding 
and actually getting carried away with responding or defending or or whatever it might be. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent, Brian. Hundred percent. So number four is build value. So you know, and I and I mentioned this earlier in our conversation, but you know, what is one thing? And every all the listeners out there think about this. What is one thing that no other business can offer, um, and only your business has? And that one thing is you. They don't get you when they go down the road to the other business. They don't get you because you're only available with this business. So if you make sure that you are the standout, they will keep coming back because they want to buy from you. They want to do business with you, whether it be their coffee or their widget. And you need to build value in yourself. You need to build. So the first thing you've got to sell is yourself. The second thing you've got to sell is your business. And the third thing is your product will sell itself. But, you know, you've got to really work on that. The big thing is also don't get comfortable in your business. Always be looking at ways to take your customers' eyes off the price. And the way to do that is build value in what you offer. If your value, for example, for a widget, if you, your perceived value to the client is $20 and your price for that widget is, 20, is, um, is $25, then you're, all you're going to be doing is talking about price all the time because they only see $20 worth of value in that widget. But if your perceived value of that widget is $20 and the price of your widget is $15, I'll buy that widget all the time, even if they can buy one down the road for $14 because your perceived value and the value they see is $20. And they think, you know what? That seems like great value at $15 because I thought that would be $20 worth. So that's what you've got to do. You need to create an advantage over your competition so that your customers keep coming back to you. And, you know, you've got to remember whether it be selling online or offline or whatever, you're going to be the person that they want to talk with, whether they want to pick up the phone and talk to you, whether they walk in, talk to you face-to-face. It's got to be about you. So I want you to think for a moment. I want to, you know, have you listen to think for a moment is why should we buy from you? Other than our product, or price, why should we buy from you? And you're going to have that why. That's the big question is why. What will you do for me that no one else is going to do for me? Now, we have a um, one of our things in our program that we have in Mod 4 is a thing we develop with our clients is a why buy from me. What are all the benefits and reasons of why you should buy from me? Why is that going to be great for you? So that's what you've got to think about. You've got to think about the why. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you. Five. I think there's a bit to do there. Yeah, fire away. Sorry. Sorry, number no, no, five. No, 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 that's all right. That's is the second and subsequent, subsequent sales. Is The first sale of any customer can be the hardest and most expensive, and we know that, okay? But it is the second and following on sales that are just as important. And repeat sales are proof that you've built trust and rapport with your client and they want to keep coming back to you. And what you do as a salesperson daily is sell your promise to people in exchange for their money. Your promise is what your product or service will give 
them benefits, they are not enjoying or providing the solution to your problem. Okay, so you've got to sell the benefits of coming in and doing business with you. You've got to sell the solution to their problem, and that's the most important thing. When they become repeat customers, they are confirming that you delivered on your promises. So when they keep coming back to you, it's like a coffee. You make a great coffee, and all of a sudden they keep coming back buying more coffees from you. It means that they like you because you said, good morning, Brian, and would you like the usual? But they then also they like your coffee. Makes sense. Makes absolute sense. It's got to, you, got, you can't have one without the other. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. And the big thing is if you're selling a benefit, if you're selling widgets and you're selling a benefit, always tag a feature. Sorry, if you're selling a feature, I should say, if you're selling a feature, always tag a benefit to the client of what that feature will do for that client. Yeah, yeah, it's got it's got why wills because and this will do this or that or the other or whatever it might be. Hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Okay, all right. Um, okay, brilliant. Thank you very much indeed. That's been really concise and there's a lot of good value in there. Um, I really appreciate that. I really do, Ian. So um, I suppose um, it's, it's been lovely having a chat to you. Really enjoyed it. Uh, you're easy to talk to. <laughs> so you sold me. <laughs> so we're indebted to you for giving this time. I uh, really appreciate it. And I think everyone will join me in saying thank you very much indeed. Really been a privilege listening to you and thanks for sharing those tips. So uh, really, really interesting. If people would like to learn a bit more, um, perhaps over to you. I think we, we touched base on this. You do have something you, you're happy to offer people who may be interested in learning a bit more about Ian, Ian Parker and his, uh, his, his operation. Yeah, no, thanks, Brian. And I, and I trust everyone took one or two gold nuggets out of today. So if they like what they heard, if they go to my website, uh, which is Ian Parker International, they, .com, they can download a link to a free five-part sales power course that I put together, which is on – it's five eight-minute videos. I'll drop in your inbox every day. It's on building relationships, prospecting, follow-up, objections, and negotiating and closing the sale. Now – if they can't find that, or that's which is pretty easy, but they can't find that, if they just send me an email to ian at ianparker.com.au and just put franchise simply power course, I will send them the link to the power course. Excellent. Okay. That's fantastic. Thank you so much. I'll make sure that that's clearly visible to everybody. Is there a contact number or anything like yep, that? They, they, they can contact me on uh, 0418. Mm -hmm. 635-120. And also, if they go to my website, there is so many other things on there. There's sales quizzes on there they can do. There's leadership quizzes on there they can do. Um, you know, they can contact me on my calendar link and I'll give them a free 30-minute. If they want to um, download the calendar link and click on my calendar link, I'll give them a free 30-minute strategy session to see how we can help their business. And one of the things about our sales training program that we've got is a week and white label. So we work with a franchise company at the moment, which is called Green Homes, and we white label that program for them. Um, and it's called the Green Home Sales Academy. And they sell that and include that in their franchise fees, and they sell it to the franchise ease that they've got their own sales academy. So that makes it really easy for them to, um, to sell their franchises. That's really good to know. So that's something I'll certainly remember. So, uh, well, th thanks again, Ian. Really in enjoyed the chat. So just everybody, it's, uh, it's Brian here from Franchise Simply signing off. 
And looking forward to being with you again when we have our next interview for our forthcoming Franchise Radio Show. Have a great day. And Ian, once again, thanks very much indeed. Thanks, Brian.